And a very good morning to you. Good morning, Heels. Right, good morning, buddy. everyone. NRL and NRLW draws are out. The women have got their three origins, Heels. Cynics are weighing in already, most of them from south of the border, saying the Bronx have the favourable end of the draw again. Righto. Mm. Right. Dolphins? What's, what's the end of the draw look like? Is it... Um... Well, for the uh, Bronx, yeah. they've got three straight home games to finish. That's how the end of the draw looks like for them. Yeah, but are they hard home games? Uh, I think we got the storm last again, haven't we? Yeah, well, I mean, there's no there's no easy games at that end of the season. Oh, there there's, is. There's desperation stuff. Yeah, but three teams have failed. They're <laughs> shattered. Whether that be the Dragons or West Tigers again or mm. someone else. Mm-hmm. So there's easy games. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, well, they've got three buys in the second half. They they do play Penrith twice, and they've got the Dolphins, Flegler and Farnworth, round six. That will be circling round in the diary. Six. Do they, they get say. them twice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, all the Queensland teams play each other twice. Right. Oh. So they do that. Um, Dolphins. I've got to say, the, the, look, the, the cynics. The cynics are saying, well, they've got it uh, as one of the worst draws. Uh, but uh, you said you've you've already spoken to Terry Reader or heard from Terry Reader, and he's quite happy. Well, we've got Terry Reader on the show today. Yeah, Dolphin CEO, and he's not he's not whinging. Very back back end draw. I tell you the, the um, Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You know, from they got Cowboys at Suncorp. They like that when uh, Broncos are having a week off coming back from Vegas. Yep. So they get uh, the Cowboys first up. Uh, but round 19, Rabbits, 20, Panthers, 22, Roosters in Perth, 23, Warriors, 24, Bundy, Bulldogs in Bundy. Well, see, there's no – what's the problem with that? I see that they've got to travel, so the headline screamed to Auckland, Perth, Darwin, and Bundy. <laughs> Bundy's an absolute delight, yeah. for heaven's sake. And then they – Go up there and spend – have a lunch at Bagara overlooking the beautiful sands and the rocks. Um, <laughs> the hummock in the nearby distance. Uh, don't don't go near that sand, though. The turtles will have you. No, that's over uh, at Monterapo. 16 and 25, oh. round 16 and 25, the storm and finish with the Bronx. Yeah. That's uh, a pretty tough back end for for the um, Dolphins. Yeah, anyway, we've got Terry Reader talking about it today. Andrew Abdo was obviously a man in demand yesterday as the draws came out for men and women. And as I did mention, the, the women have got their wish. They've got their three origin games. How many games in their comp? In the women's round? They yeah. start July. I'm not sure. I'd have to check on that. I would have to check on that. But uh, Andrew Abdo was saying player welfare, welfare is uh, is prime importance. A lot of football, and that's obviously a huge win for our fans. Importantly, though, we've also really thought about player well-being and player workload. Um, we've managed to reduce the number of five-day turnarounds, which is really important, and that reduces from 30 down to 26, and no team has more than three five-day turnarounds. Yeah, okay. So mm. the five-day turnaround is always the bane for all coaches, isn't it? And uh, they're trying to minimise that. It, it must be the most complex of operations, trying to draw a draw for this, trying to satisfy everyone. Because all 17 clubs would have their wish list. be interesting to talk to Terry Reader about how much pressure they, they can put on the NRL and those that, you know, the boffins that work their computers and push the buttons and uh, organise this. That's a um, big checklist. You put one in, yeah. uh, tick, 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 tick. Oh, we asked oh it fails that one. <laughs> yeah. He was also asked about these matches in, in Vegas, which, you know, they're saying there's going to be 15,000 Aussies in Vegas for these games. And this is not a once-off, it's not an exhibition, it's a long-term strategy for us to have a following of fans in America. Yeah, right. So, uh, well-being, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, rugby league are nearly one of the best sports I can think of 
who have developed athletes to deal with such a schedule mm. that they have. You know, they get a pre preseason couple of weeks. They have the All Stars game as part of one of those weeks. Then they have the full twenty six rounds. Then state of origin in between, mm-hmm. and test matches after. Yep. And they seem to get through it. Well, we'd love to know what you think. And, of course, uh, we're heading to our huge week in the World Cup with semifinals and finals all before Sunday. Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is 13 13 55. Or the text line is 0467 736 736. Uh, we're here for Burbank Homes. They are the builders you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes. And the all-new Hyundai Kona. It's imagined to be bold. Or Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Love to hear from you. As I said, we've got Terry Reader after eight. Hey, we've got the 1980, Australia's 1980 World Formula One champion. Alan Jones is going to join us as well this morning, which is great. I've been reading a lot about this Vegas race and the amount of money that F1, because they're owned by a US-based consortium called Liberty Media, which took over from Bernie Eccleston back in 2017. As, they have spent a fortune. Yeah, they own, they own F1. Not private equity. No, they own F1. They yeah. own the, the branding. So... They've spent something like seven hundred million in the setup for this Vegas race, and they want to make it, you know, what, what, just for this the race. absolute jewel in the crown. Mm. Well, it's first time they're spending a fortune apparently on the opening ceremony, things like that. There's some talk that ticket sales haven't been quite as good, but it'll be wonderful to hear the the dulcet tones of Alan Jones, one of the most respected voices in the world. And of course, you know, we have two Aussies running in the circuit now, running. Uh, uh, alongside each other, which is very exciting for us because it's it's an elite gathering of the world's best drivers and two of them are Aussies, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is this um, this year, classes this year? Are they nearly finished too? They haven't got a whole heap of races to go, no, but um, Vest, Verstappen has dominated, obviously. But so. this Vegas one is coming up. It's 2023. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, well. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a massive race uh, in, in all you read about it because they like the uh, the NRL are trying to tap in. They've had – the Americans have fallen in and out of love with mm. F1 over the years. When Mario Andretti was king back in the late 70s and during the 80s, you know, the Americans were in love. They've tried different locations around the country, but now Liberty are throwing an absolute poultice at it mm. and uh, they're trying to make this one uh, stick and make sure it's a huge Jeez. success. There's three venues now, isn't there? Is it Texas, Miami – and this. Yeah. yeah. And they've, they've been all over. Um, they've tried California. They've tried different spaces. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, it'll be great to have Alan Jones on the show today. We've got the singing jockey, Robbie Dolan, who's up here making a quid for himself. Not not the easiest. I think his family is still in, in Sydney. I'll have to check. I don't think they're due to join him up here until the uh, the new year. So it's right it, it wouldn't be an easy time for him, but he had a couple of winners, including the Keith yeah. Now quality winner. Or uh, Robbie Heathcote, who he's not here. He's, he's an extremist. Extremist. He'd be, he would be uh, in Mexico by now, wouldn't he? He's in Mexico playing golf. Yeah. And, of course, I mentioned World Cup. Uh, we're coming up. And Mitchell Stark, very interesting. I wanted to know what you thought about this. So um, he, he, he was, as usual, thoughtful on a lot of topics. Number one, he was asked how was his rest for the uh, Bangladesh game the other day. Uh, I tell you what, he wasn't happy that he was sitting on the sidelines. Mitch, why'd you miss the game the other day? Rested. Okay. Yep. How's the body? All right. <laughs> I lost that argument. <laughs> right. So you you wanted to play? Yeah, the World Cup game. Um, 
yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the way we started the the campaign meant that we couldn't do. Uh, we couldn't rest anyone earlier in the campaign. Obviously, being 0-2 and um, had the chance, obviously, with. Uh, Securing the semi-final spot the other night, so um, Glenn, after his his knock um, you know, and his cramping, needed a bit of a rest, and um, yeah, I, I I didn't have much of a say in, in my decision. Uh. <laughs> he did admit though the the schedule has been grueling. We know ten teams here, so they each play each other once. So there's been nine games, and uh, it has been a, a, a tough schedule on all teams, not just the Aussies. Yeah, it's been it's been quite busy. I mean, uh, the guys that, that were in Africa as well. Um, I think we counted something like it was our fifteenth flight of the World Cup, or, or since we've been in India was um, last night. So, it's um, for the guys that are in Africa as well. It's been quite a jam packed um, sort of 10, 11 weeks. Um, but uh, it's World Cups, which is what we play for. We're at the pointy end, um, seem to be peaking at the right time, which which Australia tend to do in in tournament play. And whilst we didn't start the way we wanted to, we've we've certainly had. Um, a lot of good contributions from individuals along the way, and we find ourselves in another World Cup semi-final. Mm. Yeah, they don't seem worried about their power play inability to get wickets. I think if we're not, if we haven't got South Africa one or two down in that power play, th- there's a big total we've got to yeah. chase. Well, now this is where I wanted uh, your thoughts. He was quite strong on the just using one ball. So since 2011, I think it is, they've used two balls. So each ball gets 25 overs each. Uh, from either end. He's not a fan of it. Anything to do with the balls themselves? Do you think the balls changed at all in, in Monday cricket in recent times? Or it's uh, I still think it should be one ball, not two. What, 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 what makes you say that? <laughs> the ball stays harder for longer. Uh, as we've seen here, the grounds are quite small. Wickets are flat. If anything, in world cricket, wickets have gotten flatter. And um, I think if you look at some of that old footage where they played one ball, reverse swing comes into it a lot more. That actually brings the bowlers back into the game, and I don't think there's any secret that one-day cricket and probably T20 cricket as well was the baddest game, and bowlers just have to hang on. Thoughts? You're very suited to one ball in Indian conditions, mm. but don't I want to hear about one ball when you play in Australia because the ball gets soft, and then you can't hit it sixes on big grounds. Mm. So I don't know why ICC doesn't uh, chop and change and make different uh, rulings for each tournament, you know, in England in 1999, uh, they played with a duke ball and no one could control it. And lots of wides bowled in that World Cup. Mm. Um, so they, they have changed it uh, over time, but uh, for this one, it hasn't quite worked for the bowlers. Um, it's it's best to hit when it's up front, one, two and three, and that, as we've said the whole time. Someone in that top three needs to make 100. And uh, then it stays very hittable, mm. and the ball comes out of the middle of the bat yeah. nice and firmly. No doubt that this is his cup swan song. He knows that at the age of thirty-four, um, he's he's taken ten wickets from eight matches at forty-three point nine, with comparison to his previous um, twenty-two wickets at ten and twenty-seven wickets at nineteen. So he was he was look. He's still a potent force. There's no doubt about that. Hey, how do you say that? Not potent at all. This tournament. Oh, uh, he Ten can wickets be. off eight games, not bad. Yeah. But where are they? Where is he taking these wickets? Mm. Um, I can do an, an analysis of it for TikTok mm. and for our socials Which coming up. Um, but, yeah, not not potent at all until he gets it right. He's got to yeah. get zeroing in on the stumps much, much better than he has this tournament. Okay, all right. And that's why 
they they sort of uh, trying to rest him, trying to freshen him up to really get him firing in at those stumps and feet. Well, he's fired up that he wasn't picked. Yes. So maybe that's one of the reasons. But, yeah, look, the from his previous, obviously he's a long way off that. But I tell you what, I'd still have him in my side. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Have it. So uh, don't forget, SEN, of course, have got both these semifinals and the finals. So Wednesday, India view New Zealand. That's 1v4 at 6 o'clock. We start. Match starts at 6.30. And then Thursday, South Africa, the, you know, who finished second v Australia 3. Now, a, a couple of things on this. this. This is in Kolkata. There's apparently a cyclone developing in the Bay Ooh. of Bengal. Um, and, of course, if both days are washed out, as you said... Um, there is finally a rest day, uh, sorry, a, 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 an extra day uh, tagged on. So that's Friday. If Thursday's washed out, they can play Friday before Sunday's And final. if Thursday's only half finished, they get through half the game, they mm. resume half okay. the game All right. on on the, the reserve day. Okay. So do you think the ICC have thought this through? Well, I hope so. Well, what's, you have, you're happy with the, the extra day, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I know, but the general draw. What did you do last night? On a quiet night. Exactly. Surely they could have ten playing nine. <laughs> you know, for us. I don't watch a dessert show. <laughs> How good were the desserts? Did you see that, Vanessa? Oh, that's unbelievable. But, like, and then tonight we could have eight v seven. <laughs> then oh, Wednesday night is the first semi. Thursday yeah. night, second semi. Friday night. Before the final. Let's have... Six playing five. <laughs> Saturday night, three playing four, bronze medal. Mm-hmm. Then the, the okay. World Cup final. All right. They haven't thought of it, have they? They haven't thought of us at all. Oh, exactly right. So we just want cricket every night of the year. So like, the, like the last eight weeks. <laughs> the ICC haven't been on the phone to you yet? Uh, yeah. Uh, Vanessa, a very good morning to you. Hello, good morning. Well, Snap Poll today, what's your favourite vegetable? Ooh. Potato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm there. I like that one, a carrot. Okay. All right. You're okay. Uh, it's bad news, though, if you love broccolini because hailstorms over the weekend have wiped uh. out a lot of crops in the Lockyer Valley. Mm. And wow. so they're saying there's going to be a shortage. that The Lockyer Valley actually supplies half of all of Australia's broccolini. Wow. And so there's going to be some shortages and some price increases Tell me there's going well. to be a shortage in Brussels sprouts. Um, <laughs> That'll no. be music to my ears. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Brussels sprouts either. But um, the weather has also impacted some of the supply of things like pumpkins and spring onions and green beans. But, yeah, broccolini, unfortunately, very hard hit. So millions of dollars of crops lost um, over oh, the weekend in those storms. Broccolini's so, pretty good. Yes. Yeah, it is a nice one. Um, yeah, so just, yeah, but I guess go to the supermarket and buy what is cheap and in good supply yes. and in season. That is the uh, name of the game. Okay, now uh, every year we get to a little um, snapshot of Sounds of Australia. There is We know the National Film and Sound Archive and mm-hmm. every year they choose a few uh, songs and sounds that they say are quintessentially Australian. You might have heard it in the news bulletin uh, just 15 minutes ago, but one of our best-known ad jingles has made it in. Slop, slap. It sounds like a breeze when you say it like that. 
actually one of Australia's longest-running ad campaigns and yep. so effective in educating Australians about sun protection. Mm-hmm. I think we all still kind of sing that jingle and and know it. Everyone knows the song. Sid the Seagull is is the one singing that song, a very popular little character there. So um, it's good to see that that has been immortalised. Yes. But some other additions for this year include the uh, Seekers anthem, I Am Australian, done by multiple artists, as well as this song. Well, that was the Channel 9 theme song, actually, wasn't it? You you would have skipped into work for that. No, it was Come On, Aussie, Come On. Really? Mm. But mm. definitely, I, I sang it one night at the SCG. Uh, Juno didn't like it that much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, look, I don't think any Aussies would have any complaints about no. that song making the archive. And now I'm not sure if you marked it yesterday, but it was World Kindness Day. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we all got out and did some acts of kindness. Um, but I bought my wife a new pair of shoes. See, there you go. There we go. That's lovely. How did you do that? And you I- can't even buy yourself a pair of shoes. No, and I <laughs> didn't even know it was World Kindness Day. Yes. <laughs> oh, there Did you go. you go and choose the shoes? I approved of them, yes. Oh, right. Right. And then coughed up. Mm. Okay. Apparently. Good on you. Apparently. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but in, it's obviously a day later in the US and uh, Krispy Kreme has gotten in on World Kindness Day and over in America they're offering the first 500 people visiting their Krispy Kreme shops a dozen Free donuts. Oh, and they're saying, you know, studies show that seeing someone doing a kind act encourages us to be kind as well. So it's, it's you know, just spread the love. Do okay, something kind and spread that will keep on, keep well, on I, going. I consider I have spread the love. Yes, that's well a very good gesture. Yeah, I went to the Salvation Army golf afternoon yesterday. Oh, that's right. You did too. Yes. Yeah. So that was great. A fellow got up and spoke how they've turned his life around. And mm. yeah, it was oh, really good, good stuff. All right, it's coming up to 6.22. Thank you, Vanessa. Racing action continues across the Sunshine State this week. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. But chances are you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit the gamblinghelponline.org.au. Let's have a chat to one of the informed jockeys around town. He's made a big gamble um, coming up to Queensland. Robbie Darman, welcome to the show. Thanks for chatting to us today. Thanks for having me on. It it was a big gamble for you, wasn't we? We know that you've you've achieved fame in in other areas through the the voice, etc. And that's all been a bit of a whirlwind. But you're still primarily a jockey, aren't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Still a still a jockey, and um, you know, I feel I feel as if I'm, you know, trying to apply myself a bit more, and and thankfully the results are paying off. Hey, Robbie, you're not against taking a gamble. Two thousand and twelve. You had to start riding from scratch as a sixteen-year-old. I'm imagining you were. Um, how did that come about? Yeah, uh, sort of racing is a little bit in the family. Um, grandfather was a good jockey back in the day. My father was a jockey, and brother was a trainer. And uh, I just it took me a while to sort of get into. It. I always loved racing, but I, I wanted to do different things, and sort of got to that age where I was kind of like, you know. Better get out and do something, and, and, and <laughs> racing is always sort of there. And once I once I started it, I was hooked, and then um, you know I didn't really want to do anything else then. Oh, oh God! And then five years later, you're in Australia as a jockey. That like, gee, your progress must have been good, or is that normal? Uh look, I, I was very, I was a slow learner for riding, and 
I was always a little bit behind and, and um you know, that's probably why I I, I I sort of came out here because I wasn't good enough to make it in Ireland at the start when I first got my apprenticeship. Yeah. Um and there's just needed a bit more time and, and you know, I, I just thought to myself, you know, I'll go to Australia for a year and then get some experience learning the times and stuff like that and then I've been here ever since. <laughs> so how are you mixing, I mean, because you're still in demand uh, through your stint with The Voice. How are, you, how are you doing the mixture? Because race riding is a pretty full-on profession, isn't it? Yeah, no, look, doing mainly mainly racing now. Um, you know, I've uh, got bits and bobs. I, I, I jumped on the Melbourne Cup cruise. You know, I had two winners on Tuesday. Flew to Melbourne, jumped on the Melbourne Cup cruise, come back to Brisbane. And then I had a couple of winners there on, on Saturday. So it was, um, I was probably the only jockey to get to the rest of my cruise ship, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you talk about cruise ship, like the cru- were you singing on the cruise ship on the yeah, way? Yeah, I was a special guest. I, yeah. I, I, we'd done, we'd done a, a couple of Q&As and, you know, I met lots of, you know, just a ship full of punters. They're all just excited to meet a jockey and uh, and stuff like that. And um then we, we sang we sang a couple of songs and it went down really well, so it was good. Oh, oh that's awesome. <laughs> hey, it's not easy for you. Are your family still in Sydney? Family's still in Sydney, yeah. Um, I'm actually going down to visit them today. I haven't seen the, my baby in probably like six weeks, so it's uh, really exciting. Happy happy to go down and uh, see them. And, and then you were in Melbourne first, weren't you? What, what, what took you to I Sydney? Um, when I first came over to Australia, I went to Melbourne. I was with John Sadler, and uh, you know it's kind of a bit of a waiting list for the apprentice school down there. And basically, I, they they just wouldn't let me wouldn't let me join. So I, I didn't want to wait around for you know a year and a half or whatever it was to get into their course. So I decided to come to Sydney. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hey, now, at the weekend, you said you had a double at the weekend. When you've got extremists for Rob Heathcote, won the Keith Now Quality, a listed race, which obviously puts a lot of value on the horse. And that that galloper is all-female owned. And I reckon there would have been a bit of excitement there on, on the weekend because they're headed towards the Magic Millions, aren't they? Yeah, really exciting win. Um I could hear the screams of them as I was going across the line. <laughs> it was pretty epic. Um <laughs> She's going to run again in two weeks, and I think it's a T, maybe the TRS. I'm not sure. I can't yep. remember the name of the race, but uh-huh. she'll be running in two weeks, and she'll she'll be running she'll be running as well as she's done this week. She's going really good. Yeah. So, and I know Rob Heathcote's wife Vicky is in the ownership, and that old romantic, R. Heathcote, he decided to celebrate his 29th wedding anniversary by being in Mexico to play golf. <laughs> That's right. I see. He sent me a few photos yesterday. He's Unbelievable scenes over there. I'd be happy to just hit a couple of balls around Nudgy Nudgy Golf Course around here. So um, yeah, very very good. Yeah, no, it is it is good course too, Nudgy. Um, getting it, get, take us on to the voice. You chose Rita Ora as your coach. How, how was that? The experience of the blind audition and then the coaching. Um, how quick did all that move? Uh, yeah, look, it was all filmed during COVID, so it was, I probably didn't get the full Monty of an experience yeah. as, um, you know, maybe some other people on the show. But um, it was it was unreal. It was, you know, it was it was something I never thought I would ever do, and um, it was it was just cool to see a different industry. I've been in racing since I was, like I said, like seventeen, and I didn't really don't really know anything else. So um, 
it was just cool to see the you know the background of a different industry and and, and that was really eye opening. Hey, just quickly, we're running out of time. How have how has the industry up here embraced you, mate? Are you are you enjoying your time? Yeah, no, I'm loving it. It was it was um, you know it took me probably two weeks to get a winner, but once we once we got going, uh, I don't think we've looked back since. And my manager's doing a great job, and things are going really well. We're getting plenty of support. Oh, that's fantastic, mate. When, right. hey, when did you first know you could sing? Uh. Probably when I walked out on that stage, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you took it on. Uh, it was a gamble. It was brilliant. Good hey. on you, mate. Yeah. Hey, really appreciate you talking. Enjoy the time with the family, mate. You deserve it. And uh, you'll walk back into a $25 million summer carnival, which got uh, big promotions in the Courier Mail this morning. Can't wait. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, and, and we'll let them know we're there. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Certainly will. Robbie Darwin there, the singing jock, but uh, uh, very, very good jockey and another great addition to the Queensland ranks. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Great thrill for me, Heels, now, to have our 1980 Formula One world champion, one of the, the true heroes of Australian sport, Alan Jones. Alan, a very good morning to you, and thanks for giving us some time this morning. Not a problem, mate. How are you? Yeah, great, great. We haven't seen each other for ages, but it's always lovely to a chat. Long time. Hey, this Vegas event, the more you read about it, the bigger that it seems to be. Liberty Media, who own F1 now, they're saying this is a $700 million spend on new pits, paddock zones, etc. an extravagant opening ceremony. They're trying to make this a big showpiece, aren't they? Well, they certainly are, but you know the Americans. I'm surprised they haven't <laughs> called it a $7 trillion event. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, I don't know. I the jury's out for me. It's either going to be absolutely fantastic or it's going to be a complete bloody disaster. Yeah, I mean, you won there in, in 81 and that was like literally through the car park of Caesars Palace, wasn't it? Well, Paddy, it sort of wasn't. I mean, it was a huge block of land that was next to Caesars Palace, but of course it always sounded more exciting to call it a car park. <laughs> What are, what are your memories of, of how the Americans embraced the sport? <laughs> um, well, I mean, we confused them by turning corners for a start. <laughs> um, they, they, they're just sort of used to going around in circles uh, and they're normally all blind by about lap 10. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think um, we used to get some interesting questions like, how do you think your car would go with Indy? Because, you know, everything was based on Indy. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you think you'd go there and blah, blah, blah. But I think they're getting more and more sort of educated thanks to um, Drive to Survive, which yeah. I can honestly say I have not seen one single episode. But, um, you know, it's certainly bringing people into the sport that would previously not have had a clue. Mm. In, the, in the Vegas Strip, Alan, uh, where where are the pits? Are they in the back back block part of it or are they on the, on the main strip of Vegas? No, they're towards the back a little bit, but you know it's it's going to be quite a fast circuit. There's not all that many corners. No. Um, you know, there's some hell of a long straights. So I think cars that go obviously it's silly to say quick in a straight line because they all yeah. go bloody quick in a straight line. Mm. But um, you know, I think it might favour the Williams and, and some. We might see some dark horses come out of this. Yeah. Okay, right. Hey, how exciting is it right at the moment for Australia? Ricardo's back with his backside in a in a in a seat, and and Oscar Piastri, of course, the the raps on him are enormous. Look, it's fabulous, isn't it? Because I mean, no matter what sport it is, 
if there's a nausea or two in it, it's, you're always going to take that little bit extra, you know, notice of it. And to have two of them in there is fantastic. Yeah. Have you got a, a really good picture in your mind of what it was like when you started or when your dad won the 59 Grand Prix in Australia compared to this really high-end product that is now Formula One? Well, Heels, that picture is black and white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how long ago it was. But, you know, I mean, things have changed unbelievably. You know, obviously now, you know, they've got their own makeup artists and whatever, and that's when they're driving the car. Um, <laughs> So your story is remarkable. I mean, you went to Europe basically, and, and this here we are talking about something where they've spent seven hundred million on one event. <laughs> you went with seventy five quid in your pocket, didn't you, and a dream? Correct. Yeah, I jumped on the plane and lived in a basement apartment in Earl's Court, um, and then you know worked at Selfridges uh, selling uh, fireworks. Yeah. Um, you know, we just sort of you know did what we could to get a few bob in and. Um, then went around the continent, you know, in the old Dormobile, jeans and desert boots, going to as many races as we could just to have a look. And then when we got back to England, concentrated on basically trying to get my bum in a car. Yes, and then you found yourself back in Australia before you went back to England. Having You you've had to finance your whole season. Did, did you sell a car? What, what car was that? I um I actually bought and sold a few cars because my father was a Holden dealer in Essendon, so you know, I sort of grew up in the motor trade. But uh, my best friend at the time, Brian McGuire, who was sadly killed at Brands Hatch, um, we were buying and selling dormobiles and little minivans to poor unsuspecting in New Zealand and Australian tourists. <laughs> um, and, you know, we'd literally buy one and put the hose over it and drive it down to Wells Court with a four-sale sign on it and... You know, that's how we survived, and that's how we earned some money to buy our first racing car over there. It's a it's a wonderful story, and and then the world championship year it it was it was bitterly contested, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was, mate. But you know, they uh, they probably all are, with all yeah. due respect. I mean, I know that Hamilton, um, um, the Stappen, the Stappen, is making it look very easy. But I mean, the guy is bloody brilliant. He's um. He's just the class of the field. But if you look behind him, it's still very competitive. There's yeah. still you know, a lot of racing going on. Um, you know, there's always some bugger there to spoil your party. But, you know, to get into Formula One is probably very hard in its own right. And once you're there, I mean, if you look at it, you know, there's probably, what, 23, 24 drivers. And you look at the amount of young blokes around the world that want to get into Formula One, it's it's a hard gig. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's your assessment of, of Piastri? I mean, are you in a, as enamoured as uh, the rest of some of these pundits are? Yeah, I am. I mean, uh, every now and again, somebody comes along who who shows extraordinary talent and um, no matter what they put their bum in, Formula 2, Formula 3, they win and he's done that. And if you look through the greats or the people that have become multiple world champions, that's exactly what they did, and he's going down that path. He is an enormous talent. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you know, with your advice, and you can't sort of advise this and you can't do it probably easily, would it be to stay with McLaren? What, what, what is quirky about that car these days? Oh, no, I think they're coming good. Um He'll he'll do he'll do he'll do the opposite to Daniel Ricciardo. I mean, Daniel had this knack of 
leaving a team as it was coming good and going to a team when it was going bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think he's better off staying with McLaren because Zach Brown, who's the boss of McLaren, is a real enthusiast, and I know he's a hundred percent behind him. Um, so he'll, you know, treat him like a silkworm. And as a driver, that's what you need. Uh, so my advice to him would be, and I reckon they'll come really strong next year. Um, my advice would be to stick with McLaren. In fact, in all honesty, he probably hasn't got any choice at the yeah. moment because, yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't know who we'd go to because all the other teams are pretty well sorted sorted themselves out. Yeah, and I see Christian Horner in the the last few days has made it pretty clear that Perez is going to stay with Red Bull and and Ricardo will be with AlphaTauri for next year. So we're still going to have two two Aussies there. Hey, how's life for you these days, mate? I can't complain. I'm on the right side of the grass. All my limbs are pointing in the right direction. So. Um, you know, not too bad. Are they not too swollen? You know, your knees or ankles, anything? anything A little good? bit around the ankles, mate, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Haley, Haley can advise you on that. He's he's broken just about every one of them over the years, mate. <laughs> hey, Al, you were the Very first. Very dangerous sport, that cricket. <laughs> yeah. You were the first Williams world champion, I think. And what do you like about Williams getting around Vegas? Oh, uh, well, in all honesty, probably not much. Um, <laughs> it's you know they've they're, they're not enjoying a good situation at the moment. I mean, ever since I mean Frank used to run an unbelievable shite, a tight ship, and then Claire took over his daughter, and it sort of started to go downhill a bit. I'm not blaming her for that, but um, you know they just really aren't with it at the moment. They've got a good engine, you know, they've got as good an engine as anybody. Uh, but they're just not. But I think they might go good at Vegas because the car's car's pretty quick in a straight line, and there's a lot mm. of a lot of straights there. Hey, are you still a voracious watcher? I mean, do, do you sit down and watch all the F1? Do you watch the supercars? I do, mate. Yes, still. I mean, it's a very hard bug to get rid of if you've grown up with it and you've earned most of your money with it. It's it's very hard just to sort of go cold turkey. Um, but I, I'm a real bloody money fan lately. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, what, um, what was that? You just cut out there, Alan. A, a real. What I fan? love MotoGP. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah I think the racing super close. You never know who's going to win until about the second last corner, or, or in some instances the last corner. Uh, and we've got an Aussie in that with Jack Miller. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a real sort of a MotoGP fan. Oh, I've never fun. noticed that in the day that their legs come off as much as they do. Is that a new thing? Are they really pushing it? further than they ever did? Well, I mean, the, the bikes, if anything, I believe are getting a little bit too technical. I mean, they're relying too much on, you know, traction control and um, ride height, adjust, electrically adjusted ride height and all that nonsense. I, I think, like, as in cars, they should take a lot of that off and leave it more up to the driver's, um, you know, talent. You know, when you're getting $45, $50 million a year, you'd like to be able to think you know how to put the clutch in and drive it. Um, but... Uh, you know, now that's getting all sort of a bit too technical. But still, the racing is very good in MotoGP. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, we've run out of time. Wonderful to chat to you. Okay, Mabel, well, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks thank a you, lot, you too. Enjoy Formula Vegas, One. Mate. Uh, 1980 Formula One World Champ. What a legend. Maccas are proud supporters of our Little Legends campaign. They have been supporting grassroots sport in Queensland for a long, long time. And this week's Little Legends Team of the Week is the Holland Park Cricket Club's under-10s. 
represented by team manager Virginia. Her son Tommy plays in the team. And, of course, if you want your kids' junior sport team to be a Macca's Little Legends Team of the Week, just it's easy. Head to sen.com.au forward slash win to enter and tell us why your team deserves to be Little Legends of the Week. Uh, Virginia, very good morning to you. Good morning. How are you going? Good. How's this team going? <laughs> uh, this team is phenomenal. They're fantastic. Yes. Um, they're definitely little legends. They definitely fit the description. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> they were beaten every week early doors, and maybe three years ago you've had these together, haven't you? And now they're moderately yeah. successful, I hear. That's it. That's <laughs> it, yeah. We, we were super, super keen, and we got them playing under nines when they were honestly probably six or seven years old. Yeah. Um, so the first year they definitely got – they got beaten a lot. Actually, every single game they got beaten except the very last one, which sadly I missed because of COVID. Um, right. mm-hmm. But it was fantastic. Uh, Any time that anyone would, and I'm going to say accidentally hit the wicket or accidentally connect with, <laughs> with the ball, <laughs> the celebration, honestly, it was like the World Cup. The way they would celebrate is so beautiful to watch and they still actually act like that at the moment. Um, so it's cool and it's probably the main reason why, um, like the turnout, I've watched a lot of cricket and, yeah. you know, some of it can not be that exciting, but every week we get mums, dads, siblings, grandparents, dogs, like honestly the turnout <laughs> to the turnout to watch these guys play is amazing. So uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's an honour. This was my son Tom's uh, club too, Holland Park. So oh, there's, some long-term, there's some long-term servants there, aren't they? Uh, that have been there. Absolutely. Yeah, right from the word go. There's so much to do. You've got to coach, score, coffee, uh, pitch sweep at times, put the cabanas up, and then, <laughs> then training. Yeah. What What are the boys, what's their focus at training? Oh, gosh, that's a technical question. I leave that um, <laughs> the technical side with Dan and Andrew, our awesome coaches. Yes. Um, I'm more admin, um, but like you say, there are so many roles, and the reason why it's such a – a, a great team is that we usually have like backup parents who are willing to step in for the roles, like aside from Ooh. the actual roster. Oh, that's so good. So it's a little bit, it's unheard of. We've got other boys who play and um, yeah, this team in particular, just, just the support they have around them. That's what makes them so special. So you were admin when you snuck under sixes into uh, the under nines. <laughs> That's it. Well, my son Tommy, he's got a, an older brother who, four years older, Joe, and he um, and he was playing. And the older boys were always very patient with Tom, but I just used to say to him, "When you're old enough to have your own team, I'll sort it out for you. I'll get your own team, your own coach." And then I think I just jumped the gun a little bit. Uh, so, but that was yeah, I can't believe that was three years ago now. Just entered them into so, my yeah. cricket, didn't you? Just a oh, little wrong age <laughs> in my cricket. Look, it's. it's <laughs> It's in the blood. I can't. Yes. Not a huge cricket person myself, but I can't. I can't fight the gene. It's too strong. Uh, good stuff, <laughs> Virginia. You're the daughter-in-law of one of the most famous Queensland cricketers, Philip Carlson. Yes, yes, oh. I am. I am. We um actually, Steen, my husband, he's playing this week um in the over forties national championship. Oh. So um, Th- that's in Brisbane, isn't it? Yesterday. Yeah, I'm comparing. Yeah, that's at North. I'm comparing a dinner for them tonight at the Cricketers Club. <laughs> I will find out, Steen. There yeah. we go. Hey, uh, uh, oh, sadly, Virginia, we've got to go to a uh, we've got to go to a break. But look, congratulations! So the Holland Park under tens. I'm guessing there's a McDonald's at Holland Park. 
Of course, yes. Okay. All right. Very well, close. Close by, for sure. Right. Yes. I, I enjoy the little feast that they're putting on for you, and thanks for entering. Thanks, Virginia. Thank you. Thank you very much. Go Proud Tommy. sponsors, the Little Legends, Maccas. They've been supporting grassroots sport in Queensland for a long time. Let's get straight into the NRL draw announced yesterday. Some good, some bad for all clubs. Uh, some clubs not happy with the uh, draw that's been handed out to the Bronx, claiming it's uh, designed for a TV schedule and designed to ensure the Broncos remain a powerhouse club. I don't know whether Terry Reader would agree with that. We'll see. Dolphins NRL CEO Terry Reader joining us. Morning, Terry. Morning, boys. Thanks for having me. Um, now, the general's consensus was that the Dolphins have got a pretty tough draw. Your thoughts? Uh, well, there's positives and negatives to everyone's draw, and ours is no different, and uh, there's some challenges in there, but at the end of the day, we'll focus on the positives, and I think the best thing to start with is what a start. Um, our friends, our other co-tenants, they're over in America, so we... We'll open Rugby League in Brisbane against the Cowboys for the big blockbuster there to open the NRL season on the first round. So I know our fans are really excited about that and so are we, but it's a great way to kick off 24. Yeah, you were really excited about your crowds last year at Suncorp too, Terry. Eh? You like averaging just less, just less than the Broncos, about 33,000. Yeah, that's right. Very, very good. It was good research, mate. Because most people don't realise that. It's sort of they get a shock when they realise. Um, you know, the, the Dolphins, we came in and, um, you know, we had a plan, a strategy, and we set ourselves up really well. But more importantly, I think um, by sheer weight of numbers, when you look at our, our second and third biggest crowds of the year, it happened to be our last two home games when we are out of contention, which probably shows how much people have bought in or behind the scene or behind the club. And, um, you know, to finish our first season averaging 32.5 at Suncorp, just behind the Broncos at 35, I think it's a probably shows how much people, they just didn't need another side in Brisbane. They wanted one. Yeah. Um, they got it, and they've got behind us in in, uh, in droves, and it's wonderful as we get set for our second season. Good stuff. Hey, Terry, we're going to throw you on hold just for one second, having a couple of phone dramas. Jack is going to have a chat to you, uh, and we'll get back to ASAP. But, uh, yeah, so, look, some of the pundits here saying the Dolphins have arguably one of the worst draws in the NRL. They're the only team to play before all three Origin games. Yes. So, in other words, they're likely Origin players in Flegler, in Tommy Hammer. Gilbert, the Hammer, uh, given that they're all fit and, and playing well at that time of the year, will all be unavailable for the week before because of these camps that the uh, the Origin team goes, and they've copped it for all three games. They're also on the road. So they get to go to Darwin, they go to Auckland, they go to Perth. Bundaberg, I can't believe it, how it's even been put in, has been mentioned in the same breath as that. Bundaberg's an absolute delight to go to. But I think Terry is happy with their numbers of games in Queensland. Yeah. So <clears throat> that road bit's not worrying them at all. Hmm. Um, and they are taking that game to Perth. That's an interesting question. Yeah. That all right, uh, well, we got we got Terry back now. Uh, Terry, we're just saying that a part of the deal they're saying you know you go to Darwin, Auckland, Perth. I can't believe that Bundaberg has been throwing this because uh, being a Bundy boy, going to Bundaberg will be an absolute joy for the club. Believe me. <laughs> well, no, it is, and we went there last year, and we've obviously got a part of our catchment is. Uh, Rocky all the way down to Brisbane, and we've got Jane Vellum with a full-time staff member in uh, in Bundaberg as well. So that's that's almost like a home game for us. That's our area with our talent squads 
pathway programs and game development staff we've got up there. So no, we, we can't wait to get to Bungie again. Everyone was behind it last year, and I think the, the town will be excited to welcome us back again in 24. Of course they will. And it sounds like you're happy with the numbers of games you've got in Queensland. Uh, well, I think the start of it, like we opened with that blockbuster against the Cowboys and everyone's excited about that. But we, we actually don't travel on an aeroplane for the first, only twice in the first 11 rounds. And then we come home with some absolute blockbusters at Suncorp Stadium um, for, our, for our fans as well. So on balance, when you look at it from that point of view, it's, you know, there's a lot to be excited about and... Uh, our fans, no doubt, will be behind us and hopefully it will come in droves like they did in our first year. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, around three by, do you see much value in that? Uh, well, that's one thing. And, and, and you know, let's look at what, what we've done. I mean, for like drawing the short straw, we've had, we're the only team that's got three uh, three games without our Origin players, so we yes. don't get any of our yeah. buys before before and after an Origin, which is probably doesn't seem fair, And um, but, you know, um, we've been dealt that card and we'll deal with it, but um, and probably more also a bit unfair on our representative players, and, we're, you know, I like think we'll have a few this year, but um, there's nothing to be done about that, um, and, and we'll play what's in front of us and get on with it and give the, a few of the young guys an opportunity, no doubt, when those times roll around, which is good for the club also. Well, let's put it this way, Terry. Where are you at with the draw that you've been presented with as opposed to the draw you would have sat down and, and said, well, this is our wish list, this is going to be our perfect year if we get a draw like this? I don't think a club ever got what they wished for. Um, uh, maybe one club that they were talked about in the media uh, repeatedly over the last few days <laughs> draws coming out. There's one club that might have got what they, what they wanted, but uh, the others don't. And uh, I think when you look at it, it is, a, it is a, you know, I've got to feel sorry for the NRL some stages because it is hard to spit out a, you yeah. know, you've got like we're playing at venues, they've got concerts on, they've got other games, other, other tenants. It's actually hard to spit it all out, and then you've got the, the broadcast of what they want. So it is hard. Not that I want to um, uh, talk about how difficult it is for them, because we would like it to be done better. Um, there's no doubting if you want to space it out better home and away, the fans. But it's not as simple as that. Uh, so that's probably the only thing you'd say. And probably being a, getting a bit, bit or getting a, a buy before or after an Origin wouldn't win. This. Yeah. Um, overall. Um, you know, it is what it is, and you never know. When you look at a draw, and I know that last year, we looked at our draw last year and saw finishing with two home games uh, in a row at the back end of the year, um, we looked at that and thought, oh, you know, it was how will that go for us in our first year? And amazingly, our second and, our second and third biggest crowds of the year were our final third home games were out of contention. So yeah. you never, you, you can't tell when it's happening. A lot of things happen in a season, and, um, and you got the draw and the best to be positive about it and, and uh, promote it and make the best of it. And uh, we'll be certainly doing that. Yeah, Terry, uh, round 22, and I, I'm pretty sure it's your initiative to take the Roosters to Perth. Is that right? It is. Well, we did a partnership with, with the, the WA government, with the NRL, actually, um, in year one about the double header, And then this year it's standalone with South not part of it in, in year two. So um, we'll play the HBF Stadium over there, which is a 20,000-seat stadium that um, just got a $40 million upgrade for the Women's World Cup. So yeah. it's a great a great little stadium that holds 20,000, and I've got no doubting they'll, they'll fill it over there. I mean, their love for rugby league is it's unbelievable, and we're talking about expansion. I, I know I know where the next team should be coming, from my personal opinion, and looking at, at dealing with some of the people doing the bids, and I think they're you know what they're presenting is 
is probably the best for the game overall. But we'll see what happens, boys. We'll see what happens. Uh, yes. And will you take the Arthur Beetson legacy with you to that game, the Roosters, um, we, Redcliffe? We, we, sh- we sure will. And the way the, the draw's being dealt, we don't get to play home and away. So, no, that'll be the only... Yeah. That'll be the only game where the Arthur Legacy medal will be uh, awarded to the player of the match, and uh, that'll certainly be celebrated. It is a scale nine game, so you, you know it'll, it'll be uh, uh, everyone will be able to watch that in round in round twenty two. Got no doubting the, the people of Perth will turn it on. They're obviously wanting to get a team and show how much they are behind rugby league. And it's the double header, and probably something that blew me away the most last year. We had a thousand people turn up to our captain's run in, in our colours. I just yeah. Just blew me away. We've only been around for for twelve months in the NRL, and to see that over in Perth it was a real sort of made stop and check. And can't believe uh, what's happened in the last uh, twelve months with the club and how how much people are behind us. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, just quickly, uh, Anthony Milford, an update. What's happening there? Uh, well, um, Millie started training yesterday with the second group of players. Back so he was then he was in. He's in good nick and in good spirits. So, no, he, he was uh, hard at it yesterday getting ready for 24. And Jake Averello spoke very well. He seems really keen, mate. He does. And, and again, our players have gone, you know, where we're on, made a, made a lot of our squad and uh, how things were going to go in 23 and what we did. And we always said if we to wait for the right player, we would. We wouldn't just uh, buy a player for the sake of it. And we've done that. We had a great strike with Herbie and Jake coming into the squad next year and, and obviously with Tom Slegler coming in as well. So, you know, there's a lot to be excited about at the Dolphin Jam. We had a, you know, our foundation squad still largely intact and we had, you know, three quality players and we've got some other uh, young players coming in and still spots to fill and salary cap space. So we're in pretty good position and hopefully you never know what ha- can happen. Boys, there's a lot, a lot of weeks to pass until March. Uh, 24 rolls around for round one. Yeah, and you get a Definitely. full season out of Gilbert. I mean, yeah, you've got, you got reason for excitement, mate. All right, I'm, it won't be the last time we talk to you uh, as this season approaches, but uh, as usual, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Terry. No, thank you, boys. And for the first time for 24, and uh, no doubt the, not the last, spins up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good idea. Hello, mate. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Um, always fascinating. And I don't know whether I, – I think they do it deliberately – Neither side likes to mention the other one's name in public. Yes. So Dolphins don't like to mention Broncos. And, uh, yeah, he just uh, hinted there, well, you know, maybe one club that has been mentioned extensively in the media in the last 24 hours got the draw that they like. Sounded like Collingwood, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, and, of course, the Bronx don't like don't like mentioning the Dolphins' name in public either. They go to sort of great lengths to dodge that. It's uh, it's fascinating. I reckon it's great. It's, you know, you love that sort of rivalry. Yep. It's uh, it's not hurting Happy anyone. Happy to talk about the big blockbuster with the Cowboys, though, aren't you? First exactly up, right. while that other club is still making its way home from Vegas. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a, they only get 10 days in between that Vegas thing. It's not a clear yeah. two weeks. It's a, mm, They're taking a bit of a challenge here. Yes, exactly right. Uh, but, yeah, look, I find it fascinating. And, look, just from the the vision that I saw last night, Avrilo uh, and uh, and Gilbert, really keen to get out there. And, of course, you know, you throw your Flegler and Farm with two players that I rate really, really highly. Uh, just for for what they bring to a team, not not just mm. for their talent, and their abilities, but uh, just the passion that they bring to their footy. Uh, I reckon they're going to be great for the Dolphins this year. 